Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you like it was to us. Let's go ahead and jump into it. How many of you know one moment can change your life forever? Oh, Jesus. Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 10. How many of you in transition in your life? And you're trying to navigate, trying to find where God is in the transition. Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 10. Job says, look, I go forward. But he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. Verse 9 says, when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Verse 10, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall, somebody say, I shall, shall. come forth forth. as gold. gold. Let me read verse 9 again. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Tonight, for a few moments, I want to preach from the title, Living on the Left Side of God. Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you on the left side? Take your seats for a moment. Hallelujah. Living on the left side of God. God, I thank you tonight for this word. Father, let this word come forth with power, authority, and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Father, we pray tonight that your people would be edified, that you would be glorified, and the devil be horrified in Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout one more time. Glory to God, living on the left side of God. Biblically speaking, when you're on the right side of God, you see the right hand, which is a place of power. It's a place of clarity. It's a place of direction. However, the left side of God, it's a dark place. When you can't see what's going on. You're praising and you're praying, but the heavens seem like they're shut. You seemingly can't hear anything. You're afraid to take a step because you don't know where it's going to lead you. Have you ever been there before? Do you know what it feels like? But how many of you know, even though you can't see your way clearly, somebody shout, God is in control. Job 23 and 8, he says, I go forward, but God is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When you look in Job, Job is in the middle of trying to find his way through a trial. You study about Job, his trial lasted about six months. He lost his children. He lost his business, he lost his home, and he lost his health. How many of you know that the devil uses three D's to try to bring separation in your life? The first D is he tries to bring death. Job's children were attacked by the enemy and they died. The second D, he tried to bring divorce. 
trying to get his wife to say, let's just curse God and die. Now, it's amazing how we, 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 we tear her down and we say, how dare she say that? But some of you, you don't know what it is to be in a storm so bad, to be in an ambushment so bad that you feel like turning your back on God. But the beautiful thing about God is the reason we can never fail him is because we were never holding him up. When you wanted to turn your back, when you walked away, he was always there making a way for you where there seemed to be no way. So just like Garrett said, he saw you from afar off. He saw you in your doubt. He saw you in your discouragement he saw you in your backslidden state and he has never changed his mind about you and I don't know about you but I'm so glad that God has not changed his mind about me somebody shout in this room he'll try to use death and if he can't use death he'll use divorce if he can't use divorce he'll try to use division Job's friends, friends, came around him in the middle of a crisis. And they began to accuse him of failing God. Can I preach right here for a minute? You got to be careful how you deal with people who are in trouble and who need comfort. If you don't have the right people around you in your storm, you will shipwreck. You got, when you're going through trouble, you're going through a storm, you don't need people around you trying to figure out what have you done. See, religious people are always looking for somebody to blame for a problem. I grew up in a church where uh, when young people used to get into things, Maybe have a child out of wedlock or whatever. People would begin to talk about them. Begin to run them down. And we know it's not right. However, people get mixed up and messed up with their own people. And I grew up around people who used to say about those other young people, Oh, look at them. They're just fast. You know, that's what we say down south. They're just fast. Meaning they're running everything they can get. They're getting it. My God. But can I tell you something real quick? People don't want something that has a whole lot of miles on it. I'm just telling you, glory to God. Somebody will catch that on the way home. You got to learn how to honor yourself and value yourself. Your body, come on here somebody. You wonder why sometimes they won't marry you because why buy the cow when the milk is free? Come on here. You got to understand that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. His thoughts towards you are great. You don't have to settle for a jive turkey. Come on here somebody. You better wait on God until he sends you exactly what you need. God doesn't make mistakes. Well, they would run these younger people down and, and I would turn, i said, that's quite interesting because the truth is you had the same story. Instead of beating them down, tell them how you got out, how you got over and how you got through. You gotta be careful when people are going through a storm. Many times we attend funerals 
And we say, well, the Lord needed another angel. People don't become angels. Sometimes you just got to tell people who are going through a storm, look, I don't understand what's going on here, but I'm going to put my arms around you and all I can tell you is I'm going to be here with you. God is with you and you're going to get through what you're going through. I don't understand, but I know that God is in control. Has God ever taken a situation that you thought was out of control and he stepped into that thing and put you right back on track? Can I get some help up? in community family church if he did it before he can do it again Job said I looked forward but I didn't find God where I thought he would be in the midst of what Job's going through he's trying to find God some of you tonight you're asking is there any purpose in what I'm going through? Lord, is there any reason in this? I cannot make sense of the circumstances that I'm in. I go forward, but God is not there. Have you ever felt that way before? That I'm looking right in front of me. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm worshiping. I'm trying to look into prophecies that have been spoken over my life concerning the future and I'm trying my best to find God. But God's not where I thought he would be. So I said, maybe if I don't see him forward, at least the stuff I've already been through, I can look back and see what God is doing. Every now and then, you got to take a look back and you got to see how far God has brought you from and in those moments when the devil begins to lie to you and say that you can't do and you won't do and you are not and will never be you can look back at a cross hallelujah called Calvary and you can say he did it just for me and if he took it to the cross I know that I am victorious God is not where I thought he would be. Have you ever thought you would be somewhere else by now? Sounds like this. I thought by now I would be living in a different place. I thought by now this would be over. I thought by now I would be further along in my life. I thought by now my heart would have already been healed. I thought by now this marriage would be looking a little better. I thought by now I would be released back into ministry from my setbacks. But here I am looking forward and I don't hear God saying anything about my future. I'm looking backward and I don't hear God saying anything about my past victories. Where is God right now? Somebody's trying to figure that out tonight. But verse 9 says, when he works. When he works. Things may be silent, but God is working. Things may be dark, but God is working. Some of you, you're travailing in prayer about this nation, but God is working. 
You're travailing in prayer about your children and it doesn't seem like anything is shaking, but I'm here to tell you, God is working. You put in application after application and nobody has called you, but God is working. I need you to tell three people on your row, God is working on your behalf. Hallelujah. I'm almost done preaching because I feel like running all over this place. God is not silent, but God is working. God is doing something that you cannot see. God is building on something, and he has you in a holding pattern, but he is still working. And for whatever reason, he's chosen to work on the left side. See, when he works on the right, you can see what he's doing. You can see the army. You can see his power. You can see chains breaking. You can see yokes being destroyed. You pray and you get a breakthrough just like that. But when he's working on the left side, you're praying, you open your eyes, you don't see anything. You're fasting, you open your eyes, you don't see anything. You come into church, you came to revival, and you say, God, I still don't see anything. But Job says, God is still working. Job says, when he works on the left, I cannot behold him. I'm telling you tonight, God is working, but you can't see what he's up to. God is doing something that you can't see. He's turning to the right, Job says, and I cannot see him. Let me tell you, when God is working on the left side, he is doing something big, and he's keeping it a secret. He's building something great in you. I'm about to release a prophecy right here. God is getting ready to bring some people out of obscurity. And when you see them rise up, you're going to ask, where did they even come from? I grew up in a wonderful Pentecostal denomination, and I was telling the bishop, hey, I'm getting ready to move on and do this in the kingdom of God. And he told me, well, young man, I believe you have a worldwide ministry, but if you leave the denomination, it will never happen. I said, well, that's where you messed up, bishop. Because the scripture says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Can I tell you every now and then, God will take somebody on the backside of nowhere. He will put some stuff into them and he will raise them up. No denomination can get the glory for what God doing in you. No man can get the glory. No woman can get the glory. No Bible school can get the glory. What am I telling you? I thank God for all of that. But every now and then, God will turn and work on the left side and he's preparing something that the devil can't even see coming. See, everybody expected me to go up through the ranks of the denomination but God was over here working on a side that I couldn't see and when he raised me up my God I feel the Holy Ghost every now and then he has to take somebody and throw the devil a curveball some of you your journey is not easy because you're a Holy Ghost curveball and the nation will not see you coming. The devil will not see you coming. But oh, when you come forth. Somebody shout, I'm coming forth. What do I mean out of obscurity? David was on the backside of nowhere. No one knew his name. 
His own father didn't even put him in the lineup to be anointed. But God saw him on the backside of the desert, worshiping, praying, praising, seeking, and pressing in. Your sacrifice will shift you from a shepherd to a king. David was looked over by man, but he was looked on by God. I'm not against degrees. I'm a college professor and I'm not even qualified to do the job that I'm doing. They called me. They said, brother, we need a teacher of systematic theology, so on and so forth. I said, well, I only have a bachelor's degree. They said, brother, you got Holy Ghost experience and that's all we need. What am I telling you? I don't care how many degrees you have. Leonard Ravenhill said you can have 32 degrees and still be frozen. We don't need a church that's full of degrees. We need a church that's been on the left side. We need a church that's been in the secret place we need a church that is steady in the presence of God pressing in Lord use me whatever way you see fit so don't get discouraged when nobody calls your name don't get discouraged when they look over you because the very people that are overlooked Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right over here. Hallelujah. God will take you in your ministry from overlooked to overbooked. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. For everybody that didn't call you, didn't want you, you were not for them. God has a people that will listen to the voice that he's placed on the inside of you. See, when you want to be raised up like everybody else, you're no longer a voice, you become an echo. You sound like everybody else. You pray like everybody else. But I wanna be like John the Baptist. The Bible says that John was a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. While everybody else is doing all their fancy preacher stuff, I said, God, I need your glory. God, I need an anointing to destroy the works of the devil. God, I don't care to be notified by man. I don't need some special setup. I'm thankful for all of the special things we get as preachers. But I said, Lord, if I never get another special seat, if I never get another special parking place, oh, if I can get in your face and if I can cry out to you and you hear my voice, that's all I need. When I stand before your people and open up my mouth, let it be like a trumpet in Zion, sounding the alarm, saying church, get ready, get ready, the Lord is coming soon, get ready, have you washed your robes, have you washed your robes, God is looking for a voice, he's looking for a voice that won't compromise, he's looking for a voice that won't back down, somebody shout in this room. If you really mean it, just lift your hands and says, Lord, make me a voice for you. They said, Brother Jay, we didn't invite you to this big convention because you spend too much time at the altar. 
you spend too much time at the altar. See, I'm talking about being on the backside. See, what they don't realize is, before anybody ever asked me to go preach anywhere, I found myself in a place in my room. Lord, if you send me, I'll go. But Lord, if you're going to send me, I need you to wash me. Lord, if you're going to send me, I need you to cleanse me. Lord, if you're going to send me, I'm asking for a clean heart. Lord, I need you more than anything else. More than the air I breathe, I need you. More than the songs I sing, I need you. I'm talking to people who know what it feels like to be on the left side. God, they didn't ask me to go, but if I'm going after you, everything else falls into place. Jesus, come in and see about me. Jesus, use these hands to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost and power. Jesus, wash me Jesus purge me Jesus break me Jesus mold me Jesus shape me Jesus somebody shout if you've been on the left side oh oh Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. I need some young people to lift up your hands and ask him to purify you. Wash me. You need a refiner's fire. You need the fullest soap. Jesus, everything in me that's not like you, burn it away. Burn it away. Burn it away. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can I have about 20 more minutes? See, what you got to understand is, sometimes, most times, God chooses the most unlikely people to do his bidding. If he could take Rahab, how does a harlot get in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 oh, I can't get no help right there Paul said it like this such were some of you but the Lord delivered you some of you say you don't want to tell your story because of how filthy it is oh he gets more glory out of that trashy story because then you can say, look what the Lord has done. I don't look like what I've been through. I don't smell like what I've been through. Because if you only knew, 
I know you've been in church all your life, but you haven't been in God all your life. You can come in here, shout, sing, praise, go back and get in the bed with somebody that don't even belong to you. But I'm so glad that when God pulled you out, he pulled you out. He brought you out of the muck and the miry clay. He set you up. He put your feet on a rock and he established your going. He put a new song in your mouth and a new praise. Somebody shout if you've ever been delivered from anything. Some of you Some of you had something for the last few weeks brewing in your belly and you said I feel like God's about to do something Joel chapter 2 verse 21 says fear not O land be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things we've cried enough we've been troubled enough but it's time for joy to come back it's time for laughter to come back it's time for high praise to come back if you got a praise you got a weapon against the enemy don't lose your praise because your praise is a weapon if the devil can shut your mouth he can stop you from being raised up but I dare you even when you don't feel like it Lord I sure do thank you Lord I sure do thank you I don't feel like going out tonight but Lord I thank you I'm going to do what David said enter 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 his gates with thanksgiving enter his courts with praise I gotta praise and I gotta get it out I gotta fight at home but I gotta praise down on the inside my body's in pain but I gotta praise because I'm coming up on the left side somebody shouting here hallelujah God didn't bring you this far to leave you. God didn't lift you up just to let you down. God has not taught you what he has taught you just to sit you on a shelf to not be used. If you're still alive, you're still anointed. If you're still alive, there's still work for you to do. If you're still breathing, there is still purpose in you. Just because it seems like you're out of God's sight, it doesn't mean that you're out of God's mind. Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. How many times are we going to have to be reminded of what we already know? Many times we need 50 confirmations before we step out to do the ministry God told us to do. But I feel God unlocking ministry in people tonight. When God gets ready to do what he wants to do, he doesn't need anybody's permission. He doesn't need to consult your boss. He doesn't need to consult your enemies. 
He doesn't need to consult your spouse. He doesn't even have to consult your pastor. When God makes up his mind to do something in your life, all of hell can try to fight it. But guess what? Garrett told you already. Garrett, you just should have preached tonight. Hallelujah. You will win every single time. What am I telling you? If you got a word over your life, you've already won. You got to learn how to wage warfare with the prophecies that have been spoken. When you sit up in that hospital and they're telling you, you got about three weeks to live. No, I don't because my prophecy hadn't showed up yet. You'll catch that when you get down the hill. Glory to God. But the last verse says, but he knows the way that I take. And I got to interject this here because, Brittany, when you said what you said tonight, I almost broke because the other night, as I was coming out of sleep, I don't know if it's dream, vision, I don't know what it was, but, Jay, I saw you, and you had, you know, the first car seat that you get for the child? You know, I don't know, what is it called? Yeah, pumpkin seed, whatever that is. I don't have no kids, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't have a wife yet, but the church trying to find me some wives right now in here. I found that out this week too. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. God, I don't see it yet. That's the left side, left side, left side. Hallelujah. There was a shout going right there. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all better shout for my miracle. But I saw you carrying that. And what I'm here to tell you is God is getting you ready for what he has ready for you. Many times what I've learned is what God has ready, it's already ready. But he's just doing a work on the left side. And he's processing some things. He's working through some things that we can't even see. But I believe if CFC will get behind that declaration, that God will speed some things up. Come on, church. Let a shout rise up. Somebody shout in this room. He's the God of miracles. He knows the way that I take. Even when I don't know which way to go, God has already ordered my steps. He knows what my future is going to look like, even if I'm at a dead-end street. Notice what Job says when he has tested me. Whenever God uses test. He brings about a test to bring out the best in you. But whenever the devil tempts, he tempts you to bring out the worst in you. Many of you are in test. Some of you are in temptations and you can't tell the difference. If what is happening to you is to bring out the best in you, that's God testing you. Because a test is always about God seeing if he can trust you with more. If you can go and grow through this, God will give you more. Somebody shout, I'm coming forth. So why does it feel like sometimes God hides? The truth is, God is not hiding. He is hiding you.
You're saying, I can't find God. God is saying, no, I can't find you. Because every time I try to break something, you move from there to another place. God, let's just sweep this under the rug. Being a child growing up, my mom would say, clean up the room. Yes, ma'am, throwing stuff under, sweeping stuff under the rug. And after a while, it starts coming out. And her hands started going upside my head, praise God. Coming from the left side. Didn't see that coming. How many of you had a mama like I had who had an anointing for the left side? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. People say child abuse. No, 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 no. Look at me now. Glory to God. If it had not been for that single woman raising me up in the way that I should go, I didn't want to go to church some Sundays. I didn't want to go to revival. We used to say, oh, mama, we got homework. She said, do it on the back pew of the church. We're still going to church. Oh, but mama, we got school in the morning. You're still going to church. Oh, we got the state test this week. You're still going to church because if you go to church, pastor's going to lay hands on you and you're going to do good on your test. I'm like, the devil is alive. Where you get that from? But thank God that even though we didn't know it was working for our good, look where we are right now. Anybody grew up in church that glad somebody prayed for you, somebody kept you on the altar, somebody kept speaking over your life, somebody kept pouring into you. God, I thank you that I didn't see that you were bringing me up, but here I am now. So God is omnipresent. He can't hide. Y'all, I promise I'm closing this. The U.S. has something called special forces what's interesting about the special forces is they don't always know what their assignments are because they're in training and they don't always understand what the training is about they are told how to or train how to hold their breath for a certain amount of time they're told crawl under this fence and get through these obstacles run a certain distance and you got to be able to learn how to see at night they go through this training not even knowing what their assignment is but then one day they're called into a room and they're given an assignment that they've been preparing for all this time because the assignment requires certain skills that have to be developed. God also has special forces. He needs somebody that didn't get to come up the easy way. He needs somebody that's been tried by fire. Sometimes people are asking to be a vessel when God is looking for a weapon. With a weapon, God can put 10,000 to flight. With a weapon, God can take out the Philistines, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amalekites, the Canaanites. Weapons put the enemy to flight. Somebody shout, Lord, make me a weapon. He puts you through things and allow things that you don't even understand how they're developing you. He's teaching you what you need to know for where you're going. He's teaching you how to hold your breath. He's taking you through things that should have killed you. And then the day is going to come where he's going to give you your marching orders. And you're going to understand that nothing I've been through has been wasted. Think about David. He was a king. But when he was told that, he was living in a cave. Jonah was a prophet, but he was in the belly of a whale. 
Moses was a deliverer, but he was in the desert. Sometimes God's people seem to disappear for a while. You wonder why they didn't call you to go out to eat with them. They couldn't even find your number. God wouldn't even let them think of your name because he wanted you all to himself. God, why don't they have me in their group? God doesn't want you in their group. He wants you in his face. God's about to change your gloomy days into his glory days. There's a story of a group of authors who had all written on Israel and their experiences. And they all took a journey to Israel together. And they went from Egypt to Canaan in 18 days. They got to Mount Sinai and they spent the night there at the mountain. And they had a tour guide by the name of Mahmoud and he said, this is how you're gonna get to the top of the mountain. A flashlight, a footstep, and one word. That'll preach right there. For six hours, all they had was a flashlight, a footstep, and a word. They couldn't see anything going up this mountain. And they get to the top of the mountain, they go to sleep, they wake up, glorious sunlight. And when it was time to go back down, one pastor who had only one lung, he says, oh, no, 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 no. I am not going down this way. He could see the 200 foot drop. He said, I want to go back the way we came up. And Mahmoud said, this is the way we came up. He says, I don't remember this. He said, because it was dark, you couldn't see. He said, if I had known that there was a 200 foot drop, I would have never come this way. Sometimes in order for God to get you to your destiny, he has to turn the lights out every now and then. And not let you see the 200 foot drop. Some of you, if you saw all of the attacks, all of the heartaches, all of the pain that you would have to go through to get to where you are right now, you would have said, if I had known this, I would have never come this way. But God turned the lights out. And some of you, you're on the left, trying to figure things out. God, I thought you had a calling on my life. Thought you wanted to use me for your glory. God says, I have not changed my mind. But in order for you to come forth, he says you're going to come forth like gold. Gold has to first of all be separated from the dirt. We got to get out of that mess that we keep going back to when we felt like we've had a little breakthrough. We've shouted, we've danced, we've rejoiced at what God is doing in revival. But if you don't watch it, that devil will sneak up on you. And the very thing that you got in this room, you will have lost it if you don't guard it. But I feel like tonight there are some people in this room 
who feel as though you have been in obscurity. You cannot see clearly. You're saying, God, I know what you said, but I don't see it. What do you do between what he said and then seeing it? You praise him in the middle of it. Thanks for listening. If you were blessed or encouraged, go ahead and subscribe to the Impact Podcast and share it with a friend to bless them too. Connect with us on Instagram at ImpactYM. And remember, you can have as much of God as you want. 